The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Good morning, everyone. I'm Denise Wilson, and I'm happy to be your worship associate this morning. As we are meeting in Zoom this morning, I would like to suggest a couple of things before we get started. First, you have 
two view modes available to you. One is called speaker and one is called gallery. In speaker view, the person who is speaking will occupy most of the screen. In gallery view, you'll see just some of us and it will be in a grid with whoever is speaking appearing in the upper left corner. If you choose speaker mode, and this is for most of us, I think it's in the top right corner of your Zoom window, it'll be a lot easier for you to follow who's speaking. And because Zoom will allow noises from any unmuted device to be shared with everyone. We ask you to please remain muted for the entire service, except when invited to speak. So please go ahead and take a moment now and double check that your microphone is muted and we'll get started. Thanks. On behalf of our minister, Dave Dunn, our music director, Alex Peach, our Zoom jockey, John Pruitt, and all the other volunteers who have worked to bring us together in today's service, I would like to welcome you to the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, a church home that we affectionately call Human. A liberal religious community, Human is a member congregation of the Unitarian Universalist Association. Our open-minded, open-hearted spiritual communities help people lead lives of justice, love, learning, and hope. And our faith and values are exhibited in our seven principles. Human's mission is to nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. Human's vision is to be a vital and visible community for all, bravely working toward the day when social, economic, and environmental justice is a reality. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and wherever you are on your life or spiritual journey, you are welcome here, and we're glad you're with us. If you are visiting with us today, we would love for you to visit our website at uuman.org and fill out a visitor information form, and someone from our membership team will be happy to contact you. If you have questions about becoming a member, we invite you to email our membership committee at membership at uuman.org, and we look forward to talking with you. Just a few quick announcements this morning. Virtual coffee hour starts at 1045 after today's service on Google Meet, and everyone is invited. For the meeting link, go to human.org and click the calendar link in the upper right corner. You'll see a list of today's events and the coffee hour info with the link should be right near the top. Second hour RE begins today at 1115 for elementary, junior high and adult classes. The senior high class starts at 11 o'clock. And for more information on upcoming events, please click the upcoming events link at human.org. And now we have a special announcement from Laurie Wheeler. Good morning. I'm bringing you an announcement from the Harvest Moon Goods and Services auction. And because the auction is just a little bit less than a month away, we have had questions pouring in. Well, four questions, not pouring. So I wanna answer those. The first one comes from DB in Sugar Hill who writes, hey, I haven't heard anything about the auction. What's up with that? Well, DB, in case you missed it on Human Announcements, Facebook, the website, the newsletter, and in-service announcements, let me tell you again and get your phone out so you can put it on your calendar. From November 7th through November 14th, the, live auction, the auction will be 
online with Octria with a very special Zoom live-ish event on Saturday, November 13th, hosted by the talented and glamorous Kennedy Knowles, Zoom jockeyed by the talented and glamorous John Pruitt, and you don't want to miss it. And wait a minute, DB, aren't you on the communication committee? All right, next question. I know that a few events that sold last year haven't happened yet. Does this mean that I should not donate or participate this year? My friends, we had no idea and could not have anticipated that we'd still be in this situation a year later. Our donors have done their very best to honor their commitments. Most events happened and they were awesome. Some will still happen when it's safe to do so. And a very few were canceled and we're gonna chalk that up to a donation to our favorite church community. When you're planning your events this year, think about pivoting, rain or shine, COVID or no COVID. If you need help brainstorming, we are happy to help you. Just a couple more questions. This comes from MS in Roswell and she says, dear auction team, I am a procrastinator. Is it too late to donate? It is not. We are taking donations until the 29th and the donation form can be found on our website. If we don't hear from you, our persistent procurement posse of Elizabeth, Sue, and Jane may be contacting you. So get back with them as quickly as you can. And also, our lovely data queens, Carolyn Lee and Donna Guile, are asking you not to wait until the very last minute because they have to take all that information and put it into Octria and make our catalog look pretty. And you don't want to be on the bad side of either of those two ladies. Just saying. Last question. RG in Roswell writes, dear auction team, I am not a procrastinator. I was the first one to get my donation form in. Thank you, RG. She says, what's the next step? Is registration. Registration, very shortly. It's gonna be posted on all of the media. So you'll have no trouble finding it. We're asking everyone to register as soon as registration is open because we're gonna be having drawings on Sunday services for those who have registered. If you have any questions, please contact the auction committee. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lori. The nine day Hindu holiday of Navaratri takes place from October 7th through the 15th and celebrates the goddess Durga. Today's service will explore the question, what is the meaning of this celebration? and its place within the larger context of Hindu Shaktism. Now, take a moment to quiet yourself. Take a deep breath and clear your mind. Be here now in this virtual space with each other and prepare for our service. Good morning. Chants of the Hindu goddess. Uninda Misra writes, she, the refuge, peaceful and merciful undoubtedly, she pervades overall, is universal form certainly. Her lotus feet worshiped by the universe, all glory. On your appeal, protect me Durga, saves entirely. Happy Navaratri. Now, let us light our chalice together. Our chalice lighting for this morning was written by suffragist Reverend Ada Bowles. 
Rise up, rise up, O woman, no longer sit at ease. The banner of thy freedom is lifting to the breeze. Be ready for the morning that breaks thy long dark night of ignorance and bondage and hail the coming light. Now is the time in the service when the love that binds us together is spoken aloud. I have a few that people have submitted for me to read aloud, and then we would like to open it up for each of you, if you have one, to share. Jennifer Ratcliffe shares the sorrow that Dakasi, one of a thousand mountain gorillas left in the world, died this week. She was 14 years old and died of a mysterious illness. Dakasi uh, was found 14 years ago clinging to her dead mother's body by rangers who took care of her the rest of her life in Sinkwekwe National Park in the Democratic Republic of Congo. An article chronicling her life may be found on nationalgeographic.com. Gary Denning shares his concern, writing, both of my parents experienced breakthrough COVID in Florida in the past few weeks, despite being extra careful. Now, my stepdad has been diagnosed with leukemia unrelated to the COVID. He has been a wonderfully kind influence in my family for the past 10 years. My sister and I consider him the best dad one could hope for. Our four children all quickly adopted him as their grandpa. My hope is for him to find comfort. I have a joy to share. My son Todd and I have just completed the Georgia Master Naturalist Program. And now if you have a joy or a sorrow that you would like to share aloud this morning, please unmute yourself and share aloud as you feel moved. And please remember to mute yourself when you're done speaking. Alex will provide us some music during the pauses between each of us. Uh, and in the chat, I see Dewana Bush shares a joy of the beautiful garden my husband Doug and his friend James planted yesterday. a joy. Hi, John Pruitt. I, Donna Melcher and I just returned from a two-week tour of upstate New York following the um, some of the scenes of uh, from a book 
called Braiding Sweetgrass. It was an awesome vacation and we're very happy. Hi, this is Annette. Uh, and I wanna say that I continue to be overwhelmed by the love in this community. I don't know how I would have made it over the last 30 years without human. And I wanna say a special thanks right now to my good friend, Kelly Callen, who uh, the love that she's showing right now is just totally overwhelming. And I appreciate it so much. chat from Beverly Jordan, who is grateful that her husband Steve is recovering well after a back implant procedure. And now I'll drop a final pebble for all those joys and sorrows still too tender to escape the folds of our hearts. Let us keep one another in our thoughts for the coming week. The Hymn of Creation, adapted from the Rig Veda, Mandala 10, Hymn 129, translated by Wendy Doniger. There was neither non-existence nor existence then. There was neither the realm of space nor the sky which is beyond. What stirred? Where? In whose protection? Was there water bottomlessly deep? There was neither death nor immortality then. There was no distinguishing sign of night nor of day. Darkness was hidden by darkness in the beginning. The life force that was covered with emptiness, that one arose through the power of heat. Poets seeking in their heart with wisdom found the bond of existence and non-existence. Their cord was extended across. Was there below? Was there above? Who really knows? Who will here proclaim it? Whence was it produced? Whence is this creation? The gods came afterwards. Who then knows whence it has arisen? Whence this creation has arisen? Perhaps it formed itself, or perhaps it did not. The one who looks down on it in the highest heaven? Only he knows, or perhaps he does not know.
Indian mythology is full of tales that inspire awe and wonder. The tale I'm about to share for Wondering Time today is one such story with gratitude to Makomi.com and Balagokalam Hindu stories for teachers, parents, and kids. The tale of Durga and Mahishasura. Once upon a time, thousands of years ago, there was a tyrant called Mahishasura. He was part demon and part buffalo. Mahishasura wanted immortality and power. So to please Lord Brahma, he meditated for thousands of years, praying and fasting as he stood on one foot, hoping to receive a blessing in return. After much penance, his plan worked. Lord Brahma came to him and said, I am very pleased with your devotion. Ask me any boon that you desire. Without batting an eyelid, the arrogant Mahishasura said, Lord, I don't want any man or God to be able to kill me. Brahma raised his hand in blessing and said, so be it, my child. A twinkle in Brahma's eye gave away the fact that maybe Mahishasura had left a loophole while seeking his blessing. Time would tell. With this boon, Mahishasura considered himself immortal, as no man or god could lay hands on him. He and the other asuras or demons went berserk. In his rage and pride, Mahishasura practically destroyed the earth. Not only that, he harassed the gods and chased them out of heaven. Scared. The gods went running to Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva and pleaded for protection. They said that if something was not done soon, the heavens and the earth and all the beings there would be destroyed. Lords Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva were hopping mad. They conferred for a moment, and then they held each other and started to radiate a blinding light. A light never seen before, a light so bright that even the sun paled in comparison. Seeing this, the other gods joined in, and the light shone even brighter. Out of this beautiful light was born the ten-armed goddess Durga, the embodiment of Adi Shakti. Because she was a woman, there was nothing stopping goddess Durga from killing Mahishasura as his boon only protected him from men and gods. Such was the cunning and smartness of Lord Brahma. One by one, the gods approached her and gave her a dazzling array of weapons, one for each of her 10 hands. The mighty Himalayas gave goddess Durga a lion to ride upon. She let loose a mighty roar and was ready to show Mahishasura who was boss and went into battle with him. Durga battled Mahishasura for 10 whole days. And on the 10th day, she chopped off his head. At last, the balance of the universe was restored. Life came bouncing back on the trees, rivers, skies, and in the heavens. To celebrate this victory, Durga Puja is performed every year to remember the great heroics shown by goddess Durga.
Thank you, Denise, for that lovely story. It's not fair to say that there's a single comprehensive Hinduism. Just as in all other religious movements, there are varying beliefs, rituals, and denominations within Hinduism. Among others, Christianity has Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, Episcopalians. Islam has Sunni, Shia, Ibadi. There are Reform, Conservative, and Orthodox uh, Judaism. Shaktiism, practiced by both women and men, is one such denominational thread of Hinduism. It maintains that the nature of reality is inherently and principally feminine. The principal goddess, the goddess head of this movement is Shakti, often referred to as Mahadevi or Devi. In all these traditions, Durga, the slayer of Mahishasura, is a goddess of liberation one who repels the forces of oppression and injustice, one whose goodness triumphs over the forces of evil. She's the principal avatar, aspect, and manifestation of the supreme goddess Shakti. Other aspects, avatars of Shakti include Kali, Tripura Sundari, Saraswati, Lakshmi, and Parvati. Durga's conquest of Mahishasura is honored and celebrated during the nine-night, 10-day festival of Sharada Navaratri, which spans from October 7th to October 15th this year. And each night celebrates a different aspect, avatar of the Durga goddess and is the whole celebration is a celebration of the divine feminine. For example, tonight will be the fourth night of Navaratri and the goddess Kushmanda is worshiped. Again, Kushmanda is one of the nine avatars of Durga. Kushmanda is depicted sitting on a tiger. She's shown with eight arms, holding a mace, a lotus, bow and arrow, sword, prayer beads, and two other cans, hands carrying a jar of honey and a water pot. One of her hands is always a baya mudra, which is the gesture of fearlessness and from which she blesses all her devotees. Kushmanda is said to have created the universe with her smile. In a Shakti Hindu text, it is written, when the universe was no more than a void full of darkness, there were no indications of the world anywhere, but then a ray of divine light, which is ever existing, spread everywhere, illuminating each and every nook of the void. This sea of light was formless. Suddenly, it started taking a definite size and finally looked like a divine lady who was none other than the goddess Kushmanda herself. The birth 
of the universe occurred because of the silent smile of the goddess Kushmanda. She was the one who produced the cosmic egg. The earth, planets, sun, stars, and the galaxies were all brought into being. But to sustain life, the world needed the sun god, Surya. So the goddess Kushmanda centered herself in the sun, and she became the cause of the energy and light necessary for life. The sun gives life to the world, yet the goddess Kushmanda herself is the power of the sun and is the source of all energy as she herself is Shakti. This story illustrates a key insight into some of the commonalities shared by many, the many threads of Hinduism. And the key insight is that the activating power of Hinduism is feminine. The masculine power is essentially inert. In Hindu temples, the traditional Hindu gods of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva always appear with their female consorts, Sarasvati, Lakshmi, and Parvati, because their power is activated through their female consorts. Without the feminine, the gods are inert and useless. Interestingly, the female consorts, however, can stand on their own without the need of their male consort. The, for, the forehead of these fem, female consorts are marked with a red dot indicating heat, power, and energy, vitality. The forehead markings of the male goddesses are white, a cooling color typically associated with death, ashes, and passivity. Brahma, one of the principal gods in Hinduism, is rarely ever worshipped, and throughout India has very few temples dedicated to him. Yet his female consort, Sarasvati, on the other hand, the goddess of wisdom, knowledge, and the arts, is worshipped everywhere. Archaeological excavations of the early Indus River civilizations, precursors to the Hindu Indian civilizations that date back as far as 3000 BC, have uncovered numerous figurines depicting human females, not males. These findings suggest the possible worship of the sacred power endowed to females and that this worship of the female and female goddesses actually predates the worship of male gods. The realm of the gods in Hinduism is generally thought of as being otherworldly, yet the realm of the goddesses is here on earth, part of the natural world. For this reason, Many aspects of nature, 
most holy Hindu rivers, like the Ganges, for example, are revered as goddesses. The land of India is itself is a goddess. The earth as a whole is the goddess Budevi, essentially earth goddess or mother nature. Again, the activating power within Hinduism is essentially feminine. The Hebrew word ruach, essentially meaning breath or spirit, is also a feminine noun. In the book of Proverbs in the Hebrew Bible, we have a female voice that is the voice of wisdom, capital W, wisdom and is essentially a consort of the Lord who, like Kushmanda, is present in at least part of the creation. In the book of Proverbs, this feminine wisdom writes, says, I was there when the Lord set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon in the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. Many religious scholars believe this female wisdom consort appears in Proverbs as a holdover from earlier Egyptian and Mesopotamian traditions where wisdom was the domain of female goddesses. Also in Proverbs, we have the following spoken by the wisdom goddess. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on earth. This passage is believed to be another holdover from Mesopotamian goddess traditions where sexual union with the goddess of fertility confers on the king the right to rule. An interesting parallel to the Hindu beliefs that the male gods can only exert their power through their female consorts. A Shakti Hindu mantra. The goddess who is omnipresent as the personification of the universal mother. The goddess who is omnipresent as the embodiment of the power. The goddess who is omnipresent as the symbol of peace. O goddess Devi, who resides everywhere and in all living beings as intelligence and beauty, I bow to her. I bow to her. I bow to her again and again. Amen.
and effort <clears throat> to fulfill and further the vision and mission of this, con oops, of this congregation, we ask that our members and friends bring forth and share their many and varied gifts. This morning's offering will be gratefully received using the Givelify app, or you may click the Give menu button at uuman.org to donate via the website. And thank you. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we meet again. Thank you to John, who's uh, our Zoom jockey today, and to Alex for the music. Definitely to Denise for doing so much for this service. Um, thank you. May the strongest Ma Shakti protect your family from wrongdoings and grant everyone's wishes. May this Navar tree bring sparkles of joy to your life. Go in peace and enjoy your week.
Have a good week, everybody.